You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. It's everyone's worst nightmare, fire. And the USA has the second highest fire death rate in the industrialized world. So what can you do to prevent house fires? Well, to keep your family safe, read Fight Fires at Home with these tips. When you hit MoneyPit.com, just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects, your do-it-yourself dilemmas, your cleaning solutions. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. We've got a busy show planned for you this hour. Up first, curb appeal is a great way to maintain the value of your home. And in this market, maintaining value is an absolute must. One way to get that curb appeal is to improve your landscaping, but you need to think it through before you dig in with your shovel. That is very true. And to help you do just that, we're going to talk with a landscape expert who says he's fixed more landscapes gone bad than he can count. We're going to learn what not to do from someone who has truly seen it all. Michael Glassman from Discovery Channel's Garden Police will join us in just a little bit. And if you pick up the phone and call us right now, not only will we shed some light on your home improvement problem, we will give you some light because we're giving away an Energizer hard case professional flashlight worth 25 bucks, And that can come in darn handy when you have to get under that kitchen sink cabinet to find out which pipe is leaking. I know. I've been there. It's going to go <laughs> to one caller we choose at random from today's call. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's first? Genevieve in Connecticut who's dealing with a hardwood floor situation. What can we do for you? Oh, I feel like you're my neighbor. Oh, good. <laughs> I have hardwood floors, mm-hmm. and I tried, oh, Murphy's oil soap and this and that. It's still not right. What can I do? Well, what are you trying to do to the floors? You want to, you, you, you have stains on them? they dirty? What, yes, what do you want? stains and dirty. Genevieve, if you're using uh, products like Murphy's oil soap and it's not coming clean, it might be time to think about refinishing the floors. Now, there's an easy way to do that. If the floors aren't uh, physically damaged, you can rent a floor buffer with a sanding screen. Oh, wonderful. And you can buff the floor and lightly abrade the surface. It's pretty easy to do. And then once that's all done, you can damp mop all of the dust away, let it dry really good. And then you mop on a couple of coats of polyurethane. And I do mean mop on. You use something called a lamb's wool applicator. It looks like sort of a, a wet mop for your kitchen. And you mop on the urethane, work your way out the door, you know, go away for four or five hours, and uh, you're done. Wonderful. So it doesn't Wonderful. have to be a big job. No, 
know, because I have to tackle that because it, it would be so nice to get my house in order. Yeah, it's a good project because um, Harvard floors add a lot of value, and this is not a difficult project. If you want more tips, we've got a great article on how to do just that at MoneyPit.com. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Danny in New Jersey's dealing with water in the basement. Tell us about the problem. Every time that it leak, every time that it rains, water is going to come inside. Okay. I'm thinking to put a sub pump in there, but I don't know if that's going to help or not. Well, I think that's going to be overkill. I mean, especially you're mentioning that you're only seeing the water in the basement when it rains, which is consistent with a drainage situation. You're probably dealing with too much water that gets around the foundation perimeter of your home during these rainstorms. So what you want to do to address it and get that water away from the foundation where it's not going to come into the basement is you want to look at your gutter system. You want to make sure that you've got enough gutters on the house and that they're clean and the downspouts are free flowing. And then you want to look at where the downspouts deposit the water, you want to make sure that they're not sort of just stopping against your foundation wall and all that water is just sort of collecting there. You want those downspouts to extend away from the house four feet, whatever you can do, get them underground, bury them, move that water out just so you're getting the water away. And you want to look at the grading around the perimeter of your foundation as well. You don't want that soil sloping towards the house. You want it sort of gradually rolling away from the house so that it's moving all of that water away. And if you can do that, you'll keep that water from coming in during a rainstorm. I think a sump pump is going to be overkill. Okay. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Thanks, Danny. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, when selling or buying a home, the time between the offer and the closing is crucial. We're going to tell you what to expect and how to handle that part of the transaction after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Ultra Interior Paint and Primer in One with Advanced NanoGuard technology. Designed to not only help you save time, but also preserve your home's interior finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 money pit If you do, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit Hard Hat because this hour we're giving away the Energizer Hard Case Pro flashlight worth 25 bucks. It uh, consists of four bright white LEDs and Energizer Max batteries that will deliver 30 hours of runtime, which is plenty of time to get most projects done around the house <laughs> that are in the dark. So call us right now with your home improvement or your home decor question at one eight 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 Money Pit. Yeah, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're selling your house. Now, if you do have your home on the market, making the deal can be the most important step in the entire process. But the time between the offer and the closing is absolutely crucial. Now, once you've accepted an offer, you want to help keep the deal together by meeting deadlines and all the criteria, including home inspections, buyer visits, and any scheduled deposits. Now, as the closing nears, you may also need to perform repairs or do any additional work to the house as agreed upon in your contract. You have to do those things. Now, there are many things that could go wrong and be deal breakers, so pay attention to detail during this part of the process. It is absolutely key or your entire deal can go kaput. 
Absolutely. You know, I got to tell you, as a former home inspector, I can't tell you how many times I've seen both buyers and sellers sort of count their chickens before they Mm -hmm. were hatched and have watched the entire deal come apart. So keeping that on track over this time period is the only way you're going to ever really get to closing. So do pay attention. 888-666-3974. We are paying attention to your home improvement questions. So call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. David in Louisiana needs some help with siding. What can we do for you? Yes, hi. Uh, I have this uh, frame house that I'm considering to put uh, siding on, but uh, the neighbors been telling me to do it this way, do it that way. Like, for instance, uh, if I have some uh, bad boards, it might get a little uh, dry rot or, or, or et cetera. I just go ahead and cover it up. The vinyl will take care of everything. I'm kind of concerned that, well, I'll shut ahead and replace everything. And meanwhile, it's blistering real bad. Uh, should I go ahead and scrape it, paint it, and then put siding on it? Because I mm, figure... No. If- you don't have to go through that much work. I, I can appreciate what you're saying, but I would just tell you that if the siding is rotted to the point where it will not hold a nail, I would repair those areas, David. But uh-huh. if it's just you know blistered and looking bad, I wouldn't worry about it at all because it's all going to be covered by the vinyl. Uh, it's not going to help it or hurt it by doing any kind of prep work to that old siding. You can go right on top of it with the vinyl. The only concern is if it doesn't hold a nail because it's rotted, that needs to be addressed. Now, remember that when the vinyl siding goes on, over older siding, it's a little bit harder that you've got to have a really good siding company that knows how to nail this stuff. And the key is to not nail it too tightly, to leave some, leave it loose, leave a bit of flex so that the siding, if it's done right, will actually sort of, you can actually take a piece and slide it back and forth in your hand. Because vinyl siding expands so much in the sun that if you don't do, do it that way, the first really hot day, the stuff will buckle like crazy and you will not be a happy camper. I see. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You're welcome, David. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mike in New York needs some help with a flooring project. Tell us what you're working on. Hi there. Uh, I, I, I own two rental properties. I just wanted to tell you and Tom that your advice has really helped me several times already. Oh, fantastic. Great, thanks. Uh, here's the question. When I'm installing a ceramic tile floor, if I mm. have a cement floor underneath it, I've stripped off the old floor, Right. can I skip the backer board, what some people would call Mason's drywall step, and go right to thinset and lay the tile down. You can as long as the concrete floor is perfectly flat. Sometimes right. using the backer um, over that Gives you a helps, more you, stable yeah, surface. helps you kind of smooth out the bumps and lumps that can occur naturally in a concrete floor. Because remember, that ceramic tile doesn't bend very well. And if you don't put it on perfectly right, so flat... The floor, if I, if I level it out and, and uh, fix any cracks, then I can... You can go right on top of it. Yep, sure, it's done all the time. Uh, it has, does it have to be scarified somewhat also? No, as long as you have, um, as long as you have a good adhesive, uh-huh. you know, uh, then I think it should be fine. You're probably going to put it down with a mastic. Yep, okay. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have good adhesive, and good, use a good glue trowel with like you know quarter-inch slots in it, mm-hmm. so you have good bonding of the, of the tiles to the concrete floor, it'll be perfect. Okay, you have helped me once again. All right, Mike, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. A lot of people buying homes right now. It's a good time to uh, buy investment properties. Prices are down, rates are great. It's amazing to me how many people have sort of abandoned the, I'm selling my house, and have chosen to rent the property out. Yes. 
Well, it makes a lot of sense. Because the rental market, they have not seen a drop in the amount they're charging for rentals per month. And it's the same way when prices are really high. People don't buy, they rent and mm-hmm. wait for the prices to come down. So now it's the flip side. Hey, as long as you can rent and pay your nut every month, why not? I mean, why should you sell the house for a loss, especially people that are retiring and have a lot of their equity tied up in their house? They're much better off renting themselves and renting their house out and just kind of coasting for a while until the value comes back up again. No, it's true. In fact, we've seen um, where we live on Long Island, we've seen several people, you know, just on our block alone, there were three homes that sort of were sold, you know, about a year ago and the people had yet to move in. And it was because they could not sell their initial homes. And now they were stuck with two mortgages, two properties to maintain. And it was sort of a struggle and in chatting with them, you know, saying, when are you going to move in? What's going on? On, they all decided to rent. Everybody's sort of in a situation where they're earning money. Now they can move into their second home. They're not worrying about all of these financial situations. So it's working out. It's nice to see, you know, the silver lining and what's been going on in this crazy economic situation. Absolutely. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Catherine in Pennsylvania, you've got the money pit. What can we help you with today? Well, I've got a cracked vent pipe, and I've opened up the part that was cracked, and it's going up to my third-floor bathroom as well as to the roof beyond. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I can repair this. Is this for your plumbing system? Yes. And is it the cast iron pipe? Correct, and it's cracked right along the Mm -hmm. length of it at, at the elbow. Yeah, very, very common condition. Uh, That's pretty much the way those pipes wear. They're very heavy. There's a lot of weight above them, and they go through different forces, and they will crack. So how do you fix that? Well, generally, you replace it. Is it leaking now, though? Well, actually, uh, I've disconnected the toilet because sometimes the water backs up into Mm -hmm. the crack. So uh, the third floor bathroom is not functioning, and it hasn't been for a year because I can't find a competent individual who can give me a reasonable answer. Right. Well, you know what you ought to do? Are you familiar with Angie's List? Angie's List. No. It's a, it's a really good service. It's online. And basically, if you join Angie's List, uh, it's sort of a social networking site that helps you find contractors. You have thousands upon thousands of people in any one area that are on Angie's List, and they all openly share ratings on contractors. And I bet if you spend a little time on that service, you'd be able to find a good guy because it definitely sounds like you're not talking to the right plumbers. You know, cracked cast iron pipes is sort of plumber 101. If you don't have a plumber that can fix it, you're not talking to the right guys. Bill in Florida, you've got the money, but what can we do for you today? I uh, purchased a home in 2000 that was a spec home built by a contractor. And so when I saw the home and found the home, it was finished, and it, but it was new, had never been lived in. It had a stucco on the exterior, and the stucco was the uh, traditional stucco, which is, you know, the cement, the lathe and the cement right. and, mm-hmm. and the stucco finish. Right. Uh, probably four years after we moved in the home, it started developing cracks, horizontal cracks, not vertical along the uh, expansion joints, but horizontal cracks. The cracks progressed until they actually started bubbling and the stucco started falling away from the home. Oh, man. Exactly. Oh, man. Nightmare. So I have a, a contact who is a, a stucco person, and he came out and looked at it, and when he pulled some of it away, he told me that stucco 
correctly applied, and you guys may can tell me if this is accurate or not, but should be roughly three-quarters of an inch thick. That's from the lathe or the, or the wood backing all the way out to the finished surface. Mm-hmm. Mine was probably an eighth to a quarter of an inch thick at the thickest places. Oh, boy. This was not the the new... Um, yeah, eaves, the exterior insulated foam siding. No, it's real masonry stucco. Real masonry um, stucco. So my question is, is how would I fix this correctly yeah. so that if I ever decided to sell the home, I wouldn't be selling a junk product to the, the future home buyer? Bill, you know, there's a, a company called Gardener that makes a whole line of stucco repair and masonry repair compounds that can address this. They're sold under the brand name of Permanent Patch. Okay. And their website is Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R dash Gibson dot com. Gardner dash Gibson dot com. And I think this is a situation where we all know that the best thing to do would be to rip all that stucco down and do it right all over again. But while that's not practical, you're going to have to stay on top of the cracks that are forming. And the key here is to stop the water from getting behind it because, as you know, once you have that water get behind it, you're really opening Pandora's box because of the fact that the water is going to uh, rust out the fasteners and make it come off the wall all that more quickly. Correct. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Carolyn, Texas is doing some redecorating. How can we help you with that adventure? Right. Um, we have a TV room, which, you know, some people call a den, and um, it's got lovely dark walnut paneling, and we're sort of tired of the dark wood, and the rest of the house is, you know, beige, sort of regular walls, and uh, we'd like to have this stained, you know, do it ourselves, of course, and make it a sort of a tan color, you know, maple or something, a color like that, but we didn't know how to get from dark to light. Carol, is it solid wood, or is it actually paneling? It really is paneling. Okay. Well, you can't change the color of paneling by staining it. It's a manufactured product, and that color layer is not going to... Oh, that's not good news, is it? No, but you can paint it. You can paint it, right, Leslie? Well, you can paint it. I mean, and there's really no way it's solid paneling, because sometimes, I mean, depending on the home and the time period it was built, it could be real wood. Well, this house is 40 years old. Well, that's, uh, you know, that was pretty much the paneling's main <laughs> mainstay period. If you've got the four by eight sheets of paneling on your walls nailed up, then you definitely can't sand yes. it and restain it. But you can paint it, mm-hmm. and actually it's becoming quite popular. Now, the key here is if you're going to paint it, you've got to clean it really well. And it's all uh-huh. prep work. And you've got to prime it. And we recommend an oil-based primer. Once you do that, you'll get really good adhesion, and then you could put a top color coat right over that. Mm-hmm. And you want to clean it with a product like trisodium phosphate, something like TSP, which is a painting prep cleansing product. You can find it in the painting aisle of any home center or painting TSP. shop. Mm-hmm. TSP. Give it a good washing with that. Make sure you dry it very well. Then the oil-based primer. Let that dry really well. And then you're a top coat. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, learn what not to do when designing your next landscaping project. We'll get tips from Discovery Channel's Garden Police after this.
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And curb appeal is a great way to maintain the value of your home. Adding some landscaping goes a long way to driving up the investment that you have in your house. But before you pick up the shovel, before you pick up the saw, you really need to think it through and come up with a plan that you'll need to create that backyard of your dreams. That's right. Our next guest has certainly seen what not to do many times. We've got Michael Glassman, who's an award-winning landscape designer. He's the co-host of Discovery Home Channel series Garden Police and author of Outdoor Designs for Living. He's joining us now with some of the top landscaping challenges, and he's got some great solutions. Welcome, Michael. Hi, how are you? We are excellent, and we're very impressed with your website at uh, really beautiful work, Michael. Lots of gorgeous, gorgeous images there. So it looks like you've been a busy boy. Why don't you start by uh, talking with us about some of these landscape challenges? The first one you say is privacy problems. Absolutely. One of the things that people don't understand is um, if you go out in your backyard, the last thing you want to do is feel like you're in a fishbowl mm-hmm. with um, people looking in, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I mean, you think about it. You want to be in your own little castle, your own little haven, and the last thing you want to do is walk outside, eat outside, be in a bathrobe, in a, in a nightgown, <laughs> and have the neighbors selling tickets uh, all looking in on you. So the number one thing I try to say to people is if you're creating this environment, this room, this place that you'll, you actually can retreat to, you don't want everyone looking in. So you need to think in terms of how you're going to achieve the maximum amount of privacy, whether it be with evergreen trees, a pergola, a gazebo, or something that, again, is going to block up the, new, the, the views of the neighbor, whether it be a really decorative lattice screen with flowering vines on it. But you have to think in terms of giving yourself maximum privacy. What about when it comes to choosing your materials? Is it okay? And even your plantings. I mean, is it okay to go crazy with color and mix up wood and stone? Or is it better to sort of think in sort of a palette of things like that? Well, that's another thing that I always talk to people about is I try to tie in the architecture and the interior design of what you're doing inside with the outside. And again, what you want to do is the less materials that you use and the more unification you do, the bigger it'll look and the more tied in it'll look. So what I tell people is like if you have slate inside your house and you like it, use the same kind of slate out in the yard. If, you're in, if your color palette inside your house is like jewel tones, purples and lavenders and whites and blues, try to use the same color palette outside so it ties the whole thing together. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's going to look like a hodgepodge and it'll look like you have one of everything. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Michael Glassman. He is an award-winning landscape designer and co-host of Discovery Home Channel series Garden Police and author of Outdoor Designs for Living. So, Michael, let's say we are staring at our blank backyard. We've got fantastic ideas. We're ready to hand to head over to the Landscape Center, order up the stone, order up the materials, order up the wood, stick the shovel in the dirt, start building the patio. Is there something we need to do before that to make sure we actually have permission to do a total makeover yeah. in our backyard? Absolutely. Absolutely. What people don't realize is, again, it's like building a home. There are, perm- there are building permits. There's easements. There are setbacks. You can't just arbitrarily go out into your yard and just start merrily building away. You need different communities have different, like, building setbacks. So, for example, if you go down to, and I recommend uh, going down to the city or the county, either the planning department, or the building department and asking 
primarily, what are my building setbacks? What's the primary building setback? What are the codes? What are the restrictions? And they will come out and they will, and always, and I always tell people, do it in person, get it in writing, because um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that would make you crazy if you don't have it in writing. Mm-hmm. But they will say to you, okay, your building setback may be a six feet. And a lot of people will go, what does that mean? That means that within the property line in six feet, you may not build any sort of structure, permanent structure, that's over six feet high. And there's that whole little minor issue of underground utility lines to consider. I seem to remember, uh, Leslie, on your last to makeover show, you had uh, a little incident with an underground utility line that got broke. Didn't you break a main water line? <laughs> we did. We broke a water line. <laughs> um, it was an over-enthusiastic use of a bobcat, but everything right. was okay. And people don't, a lot of people, what I tell people, number one, is go to co- contact, and there's a lot of times, there are free services, they're called free locating utility services, where they will come out at no charge to you and mark where your gas, your electric, your water, your power is, and they'll mark it down so that when you are there with a, a bobcat, you're not digging through it. But if you didn't have them come down for free and mark them down, and you start digging, and you hit one of their gas or electric lines, yeah, they'll come out and repair it. They will charge you for the mm-hmm. repair, and then they fine you, and the fines can be as much as $2,500. That I mean, that's very serious. Plus, think about all of the danger and the potential hazards that you could cause by having an incident like that. Oh, now, Matt, you're right. I mean, can you imagine breaking a gas line? You could blow up an entire house. Well, let's hope none of that happens. So, say we've marked everything out, we know what we're doing, and we're planning our yard. Is it important to sort of think about one focal point and design around that, or is it better to have an overall plan of the space? I think it's, well, once you have a plan, part of planning it is to think of a focal point. So in the yard, you want the same drama, whether it be a wonderful fountain or an unusual piece of art or sculpture, or it's a, a, an outcropping of, of rock. Now, the most important thing that, that I try to tell people is that old saying, less is more. Do not overdo it. Like, for example, people think they, they get carried away with their garden ornamentation. And before you know it, it looks like something out of a miniature golf course. So bottom so, line, uh, <laughs> a little bit of drama goes a long way, huh, Michael? You got it. Less is more. So one really dramatic focal point is powerful enough for the entire yard. Perfect. Michael Glassman, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. If you want to check out some of Michael's designs, go to his website at michaelglassman.com. Good tips, good advice. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you, and it's my pleasure. Well, it's always fun to chat with Michael. Still more to come. You know, fall is right around the corner, and if you're thinking about replacing your windows, the available tax credit makes it the perfect time to do just that. We're going to have tips to help you choose the right kind of glass for those windows next. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the 100% natural odor-eliminating air freshener. Unlike other air fresheners, Citrus Magic actually eliminates odors and lasts up to four times longer. Visit CitrusMagic.com for more information. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where our motto is to measure twice, cut once, and always paint over your mistakes. I'm Tom Kreitler. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. One caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the Energizer Hardcase Pro flashlight worth 25 bucks. It's got four bright white LEDs. It uses Energizer Max batteries that are going to give you 30 hours of running time and a shatterproof lens, which is fantastic because I tend to get the dropsies a lot. The number here again is one eight 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 Money Pit. So give us a call right now and have your home improvement or your home decor question ready to go. Well, it's a great time to think about replacing your old windows for more energy efficient ones with a tax credit that can help defray the cost of those new windows. You want to pay close attention, though, to the type of windows you're buying because safety is a big element to look for. Do the windows have good locks? You know, multi-locking systems on windows can help protect your home from intruders while also making it much more difficult for curious kids to find their way to open windows as well. Mm -hmm. Next, you want to think about the glass. Now, tempered or impact-resistant glass can help protect your home from potential intruders and the stray baseballs that perhaps your Important neighbors in my might... neighborhood. <laughs> it happens a lot in my neighborhood as well. Now, the thickness of the glass also adds to your home's energy efficiency. So to help with your window shopping, we've put together a bonus chapter of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. Now, we put it together with the help from our expert friends over at Simonton Windows. It's available to download for free right now at moneypit.com. And you can also visit Simonton's website at simonton.com slash tax credit for all the information you're ever going to need about which windows qualify for the tax credit. So you will get ones that will absolutely give you a big return on your investment. There's never been a better time to replace your windows because that tax credit is worth $1,500 off of the money you owe the government. So it's a good time to think about doing that project. We've got all the tips on moneypit.com. Download the free replacement window guide right there. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Who's next? Janine in Texas has a mess that is giving her a hard time cleaning up. How did you get the glue on the carpet, young lady? Well, uh, first of all, it's a rent house, so we don't know, and we are not certain that it is glue. It's in front of one closet door, and then it's in <laughs> kind of in the pathway between the kitchen and Man, the living room. Man, what project were they doing there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot. <laughs> uh, but any idea what might take up something that's dried that hard? That well, like glue? you can't really soften the glue. It's, it's almost impossible to do. So what we have to talk about here are some options for strategic replacement. Now, you mentioned that one area was in front of the carpet. Does the carpet happen to extend into the closet? Uh, yes, it does. Okay, because uh -huh. the carpet that's in the closet could become the patch material. Mm -hmm. If you were to cut the carpet in front of the closet and have it professionally seamed, a good carpet installer can do this. You would never even notice. Yeah, it'd be absolutely right. invisible. Mm-hmm. So that's one option. Um, mm -hmm. Where is the second area? You say in the in hallway? In the living room. Man, this was a big disaster. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in an area that's a little more uh, obvious like that, you could do an inset carpet that was a different type of carpet and kind of creating a pattern this way. You could use a carpet tile, or you could simply use a throw rug, frankly, just to cover it. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bill in Michigan's dealing with a hard water situation. How can we help? Hi, we got uh, well water in our house, and it, it tastes pretty good, um, but we get this buildup, and it kind of looks like sand, but it's kind of white and grimy, and you got to clean the, the aerators out of the faucets all the time. Bill, you have what is known in the industry as hard water, and it can happen with well water, and it can happen with it city water. It can happen with water. city water, too. 
Yeah, and it has to do with what the source of supply of the water is. If there's a lot of uh, rock where the water pulls, pulls from, you're going to end up getting a lot of mineral deposits inside that water, and it does tend to clog up faucets and shower heads, and sometimes it can build up as sediment in the bottom of water heaters and cause the early failure of water heaters. Mm -hmm. So two ways that you can uh, tackle this, you can use a salt-based water softening system, um, effective but pretty expensive and uh, costly to install. Or you can use another product that's fairly new to the market but is getting a lot of really great reviews. It's called Easy Water. And basically what Easy Water does is it works electronically to stop the water from building up. You purchase an Easy Water unit, you wrap a signal wire around the main water pump pipe and basically this unit charges those mineral particles so that they will no longer stick to the faucets and no longer stick together right no longer build up as sediment and that's a lot less expensive way to go that uh, is very very successful in fact some of the um, this company actually started in the industrial um, business of uh, serving clients like uh, Frito-Lay and and other big manufacturers that have a lot of tools and a lot of water that's used in manufacture of their food products and used to get all kinds of mineral buildup up. And these are the kinds of products that uh, would solve that. So check Do out that plumber? product. I, no, you don't, because it's just a, a signal wire that's wrapped around the water, and it changes the um, composition of the minerals in the water so they no longer stick. Sounds easy. It is. Easywater.com is their website. Thanks, guys. Love the show. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, are you looking to create a more functional space in a super tiny bathroom? Well, if you are, we're going to tell you how to do a mini makeover for maximum results when we come back. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you are looking for one last book to cram into your summer reading schedule, well, why not add us to that summer reading list? We've got our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And it is the ultimate look-before-you-leap guide to home improvement. So if you're planning a project and looking for a good read, it kills two birds with one stone. Now, in our book, we deliver the tips and advice that you need to successfully tackle almost any home improvement project and we will tell you how to get your hands on a copy if you head on over to moneypit.com and while you're at moneypit.com click on ask tom and leslie just like vic did in florida and vic says i live in a condo on the seventh floor of nine floors would it be possible to have a powerful air vent fan above the stove to eliminate odors when cooking? And the answer, Vic, is no. Because when you live in a multifamily situation like this, the ventilation is part of what we what is termed the common element. In other words, it has to be common to the entire building. Now, if there is uh, duct work that goes through the entire building that you can connect into, then fine. And yes, you can buy a better quality exhaust fan that can move more air. But if not, then there's no options. I mean, there are recycling exhaust fans, as you well as you well know. Uh, the, most of the ones that we see around here are pretty lousy, but you can special order ones that have much more higher efficiency uh, filtration systems in them. But that's probably the best that you're going to be able to do. So I would start by finding out what the infrastructure of this building has for you and find out if you can duct into that. Mm-hmm. And always ask, because in a condo situation, you don't want to get in trouble for that. All right, now we've got one from John in New York who writes, I have a mold problem growing on the side of my house. The siding is composed of asbestos shingles. Would power washing do the trick, or is there a better way? 
First of all, everyone calls anything that grows in their house mold. It's usually mm -hmm. not mold. It's moss. And power washing can do the trick, but only if you treat it first with a bleach and water solution or a siding wash material, which is essentially an oxygenated bleach. You have to saturate it first, let it sit for 10 minutes or so, and then you can blast off what's left with a pressure washer set on a gentle setting. And you know what, John? It is going to be the most satisfying project because once you put that bleach and water on there, it will just vanish. So enjoy. Well, is a small bath or powder room giving you a real decorating challenge? Leslie's got some solutions in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. Just because it's a small bathroom doesn't mean it has to be a problem bathroom. If you head over to an organizing store, there are plenty of products out there that you can install without a major makeover to make that super small space seem not only bigger, but more functional. For example, consider a corner mount sink. You know, whether it's a pedestal style or wall mounted, a corner sink will free up a good amount of floor space, thus making that tiny powder room much larger. Now you can set up some space saving storage elsewhere in the room also, and that means you don't need the traditional cabinet vanity and a smaller bowl sink. If you get the smaller sink, it's still going to provide plenty of capacity. You'll be able to wash your hands, your face, whatever you need. Now, another sink option is the vessel style, which is mounted on a scaled-down cabinet or other furnishing that you might find at a thrift store or a salvage yard that could provide a good amount of storage. But you have to make sure that there's room for all of the plumbing components that you need back there. You might need to make some changes to that piece of furnishing, but if you find something cute, it can work. Now, now, your toilet, if you've got a flat top tank, that gives you another storage spot. Whether you take advantage of that flat top and put organizers directly on top of it, or think about using that wall space above for a hanging cabinet or shelving, or even those nice cabinets that stand right above the toilet itself, you can find some beautiful things, do some research, take advantage of all those little hidden spaces, and a tiny powder room will suddenly become your favorite bathroom in the entire house. Good tip. Coming up next week on The Money Pit, we're going to talk about backup standby generators. You know, they're a great addition to any home because having one means you'll never be left in the dark when the power goes out. We're going to teach you everything that you need to know to choose a generator that's right for your home on the next edition of The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money pit.